maniac on his rampage last night in the state of Maine. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Lots of questions. But I have a big answer. 18 people he killed, he would have killed less if more people were allowed to carry guns. And more people should be allowed to carry guns because it's in the Constitution. If more people had guns, well, this guy would have been taken out much earlier and we would have a lot fewer mass shootings. Yeah, to keep and bear arms. It's in the Constitution. And these things are happening all over the place, but they wouldn't if more people had guns. Look, we love the cops. We love law enforcement. But last night, they couldn't be there right away. Even if they can be there two minutes later, three minutes later, one minute later, seven minutes later, there's going to be a problem, right? In one minute, you can boom, 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 but you can shoot and shoot and shoot and kill so many people in just a few seconds if people were there with guns. Let's go through the response times. Police are great, but you remember that uh, situation in Nashville? Uh, the cops were awesome. They subdued, killed the shooter, but it took them 11 minutes to get there. I understand that. You can't have cops everywhere all the time. In Louisville, at that bank, three minutes. That was great, but three minutes is arguably three minutes too long. In Las Vegas, the mass shooting in Las Vegas, 2017, seven minutes. Um, but it was about an hour before they figured out where the guy was. And how about Uvalde? They got to the school right away. You know, cops are great, but not always. And then they hung around for, what, <laughs> over an hour before doing anything. Well, the situation uh, in Maine, what happened? The predictable conversation is already underway. You have a Congress, uh, a House run by Republicans, uh, who almost certainly will not take up any safety measure in the days ahead. Let's work together to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. We don't have standards across this country to make it harder for people um, to access guns. Now, most of the conversation on cable news and elsewhere is pretty stupid and unsophisticated when it comes to guns, absolutely. But they look like total geniuses compared to the president of the United States, Joe Biden. We have to fully implement the most significant gun safety law in nearly 30 years and then pass again the assault weapons ban, which Diane and I passed. No excuse. Who in God's name needs a weapon with 100 rounds in a chamber? 100 rounds in the chamber. That's impossible. One round in the chamber at any given time. Joe doesn't know a damn thing. And he's the president. And he's yelling and screaming. And nobody calls him out on this stuff. Hey, the National Rifle Association, the NRA, they're actually very, very good. If more people listen to them instead of demonizing them, oh, yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of that today. Ah. All right, thank you. That's enough. <laughs> All at the same time. But in isolation, this is what it sounds like. The NRA is, is a gun-worshipping cult that sacrifices American children to the god of gun ownership. They are about as evil as anything that has ever happened in this country. What an evil, sick thing to say. Children sacrifice altars. Who's he hanging out with? The National Rifle Association. Responsible gun ownership. It's in the Constitution, pal. And the NRA is all about safety. Safety. Go to their website. 
They've got awesome videos how to not shoot children, how to not hurt anybody, how to be a responsible gun owner. And yes, protect life and property. It's an amazing organization. They're totally maligned, totally misunderstood. And why is it that we have such outrage today? I get it. I get it. You know, 18 people were killed in, in Maine, but people are killed all the time in America, especially in the inner cities, especially in places like Chicago, shooting capital of America. Any given weekend, you've got stacks of bodies there. And somehow that's acceptable. It's not. But the solution is not gun control. We'll talk about some of the solutions a little bit later. Responsibility, faith maybe. Something else about these mass shooters though. There was an initial false report that the suspect here, Robert Card, uh, was a convicted sex offender. Uh, turns out that's not the case. Uh, however, with a lot of these mass shooters, sexual oddities kind of go with the territory. Adam Lanza, the Sandy Hook shooter, FBI reported a uh, significant interest in pedophilia. There was a situation in Oklahoma, mass shooting. Uh, Jesse McFadden uh, also uh, had a interest in child sex. Stephen Paddock, uh, that situation in Las Vegas, and we don't know one-tenth of what happened there. Uh, we, reports of an interest in, in pedophilia. So I think that is worth exploring. And also the drugs that are being, I don't know, it seems like almost every child is prescribed drugs. It seems like every child has some form of ADD, right? Is that true? I mean, I don't know if it is. Too many people are taking psychotropic drugs, in my opinion. I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a doctor, uh, but a few decades ago, we weren't giving pills to everybody, and also we weren't having mass school shootings uh, like we are these days. What do you think? Hmm? I think it's worthy of explanation or exploration, but instead it sounds like this. No, 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 no more, no more, no, no, no. Because what they're not talking about, what they never talk about, what I talk about, is this. Those drugs come from Big Pharma. And why don't the media ever question Big Pharma? Here's the answer. By Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night yeah, on Aaron You get Burnett. the picture, right? Hey, I'm Pharmaceutical companies, they make life-saving drugs as well. That's great. But I think it's worthy of some explanation, some exploration, right? Instead of just the usual suspects, the NRA, it just, anyway, very important. And it's funny how you can't even talk about it. Next. The choice of Mike Johnson for speaker makes the stakes and the political danger to the nation crystal clear. Mike Johnson is unambiguously in the far right wing of the Republican Party on basically every issue. He appears to be uh, an extreme right wing ideologue. Meet your new House Speaker, America. His name is Mike Johnson. He's a leading election denier, an extreme right wing religious ideologue. And most importantly, he loves him some Trump. <laughs> 
Uh, he's actually a very normal, straightforward guy who is not right wing. He's common sense. Forty years ago, uh, Democrats were further to the right of a guy like Mike Johnson. There were pro-choice Democrats back then. What is Mike Johnson for? Prayer. I thought the left was for prayer, right? Here's Mike praying with some colleagues. Is this so terrible? I always hear about thoughts and prayers after a mass shooting. What about, what about prayers when something terrible didn't happen? What about, it's beautiful and it's important. And I think it's the greatest hope out there for us, faith. What else makes him crazy? Yeah, he's, uh, he's not a supporter of gay marriage. A lot of people like Barack Obama, more on him in a moment. He wrote this article back in 2004, let's go through it. Uh, we tamper with God's created order at our peril. Hmm. Next, please. If activist judges can reject thousands of years of history and legitimize homosexual marriage, then transsexual and group marriages must logically follow. Yeah, totally. If you were shocked by the moral lapses at the Super Bowl, then you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, the Super Bowl. This article came out in February of 2004. It was right after the, uh, what do they call it, the wardrobe malfunction with... Uh, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake for a microsecond. We saw some of Janet's, uh, I don't know, something up there. Uh, fast forward <laughs> to now. Cardi B and Meg The Stallion on Sunday night doing lesbian sex on stage at 8 o'clock at night on Channel 2, CBS. I mean, yeah, he was right. He was totally right. Uh, more from the prescient piece. Experts project that homosexual marriage is the dark harbinger of chaos and sexual anarchy that could doom even the strongest republic. And how? Look at where we are. Hmm? This is now a civil right. Is this a civil rights issue or is it evil? I go with evil. This is, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this stuff anymore. It's, uh, it's the new religion. Maybe there's a reason why even Democrats were opposed to gay marriage until a very short time ago. With respect to gay marriage, I, I, I do not support uh, gay marriage, but I support a very strong version of civil unions. All right, so Mike Johnson has the same position as Barack Obama in 2008. And you see what they call him, a right-wing evangelical nutjob crazy person. Hey, there's nothing wrong with being evangelical. Oh, by the way, nothing wrong with reading the Bible and following it. Ah, what's the other sin of Mike Johnson, our new speaker? Ah, yes, the election. He dares question the fairness of the 2020 election. Mike Johnson from Louisiana, an election denier with fewer years in the House than any speaker since 1883. Mike Johnson was one of the chief architects, as you know, of that 2020 election uh, overturn effort in, in the Capitol. Most significantly, for our purposes here, Mike Johnson is a hardcore election denier who played a key role in the effort to overthrow the 2020 election. I, I, he followed the law. And under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, you were allowed to investigate and object to uh, certain electoral votes and talk about electoral irregularities. This is still America, right? You gotta, uh, you're allowed to do these things. Here's what it sounded like. Madam Speaker, we have a solemn responsibility today. 
We must vote to sustain objections to states of electors submitted by states that we genuinely believe clearly violated the Constitution and the presidential election of 2020. This is the threshold legal question before us, and it's an issue before us for the state of Arizona. That sounds like what they do in government. You know, they debate what laws mean. Um, and I know that they did violate the Constitution in certain states beyond a shadow of a doubt. Relax, everybody. Joe Biden's the president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Democrats can deny elections, though, right? How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what I'm thing. scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you... You know, fighting against that in 2020. You are absolutely right. He is an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice president? <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election and he was put into office because the Russians interfered. Russia interfered with our election. Hey, why aren't they election deniers? Why is it just our side? Huh? Election. They, they, look at that. Anyway. Hypocrisy, right? Hypocrisy. Ooh, can we come back to Obama for a moment? Who remembers when he was trying to win us over, when he was really speaking some truth? For one brief shining moment, he uh, it looked like he was a guy who could really change America. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. You and I know this is true everywhere, but nowhere is it more true than in the African-American community. We know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime. They're nine times more likely to drop out of school, 20 times more likely to end up in prison. That's some hard truth right there. And he never did it again because it made Jesse Jackson mad and the far left. And they threatened him and he shut up about it. What a shame. He never really broke a sweat for anybody, anybody, a country, or maybe just one black teenager, 13, 14, who needed a home. You know who did that? Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson adopted a 14-year-old black child. Um, black teenagers are tough to um, find parents for. It's true. Shouldn't be that way, but it is. He doesn't get much attention, and that's probably a good thing. I don't think he did it for political reasons. He did it because he's an amazing person. Many of my colleagues in this committee may not be aware that in addition to our four children still at home, my wife Kelly and I actually have a much older son who happens to be African-American. We took custody of Michael and made him part of our family 22 years ago when we were just newlyweds, and Michael was just 14 and out on the streets and nowhere to go and on a very dangerous path. Wow. That's really... That's really beautiful. And it was really beautiful when Amy Coney Barrett actually decided to take in uh, children, not her biological children, but adopted, you see, two, one girl, one boy who don't look like the others, right? That's beautiful and amazing and good. This is evil and bad and wrong. That's what separates MAGA from the left. We'll be right back. Higby has a hot show on Newsmax. It's called Frontline, and it's seen every weekday at 5 o'clock right here, hosted by Carl, a very straightforward guy with a lot of experience. 
in battle and beyond. Uh, Carl, welcome to my show. It's great to see you. How are you? I appreciate you having me on, Greg. It's the nicest uh, intro I've ever seen. Well, <laughs> Carl, we do really admire you around here, especially your military service. You uh, as well. Indeed. Listen, Carl, you're very serious about weapons. Yeah. Um, you're a gun owner, and you have unique insight into what is going on in Maine. What's your perspective on all of this? Well, I think, you know, the, the Maine governor, who's a Democrat, by the way, came out with a very good statement after this, offering, you know, condolences to her, the people who elected her, even grief counseling for those involved. No cheap political talking points, but the White House came out on the other side was basically like, you need to ban assault weapons now. One, they don't even know what assault weapons are, but two, uh, that's their, their universal call after every time there's a tragedy, as Rahm Emanuel said, never let a good tragedy go to waste, they always want to progress the political agenda. And I think this is, is horrible because every time they, they have one of these mass shootings, anytime there's a tragedy like this, it's always, we got to do something. What that something is is oftentimes bad and doesn't solve the problem. None of these people ever want to have a conversation about solving the problem. They just want to move their agenda down the field. Yeah, and as long as you do something, right? We gotta do something. It doesn't matter, we can say. So, Carl, if we were having a full, look, we hate these shootings and they are happening sure. more and more. Um, what is something that really could be done, should be done? It may not have anything to do with guns, by the way. I get that. Sure. But what do you think is the solution or partial solution? What is a step America can take in the right direction? Well, we can start with abiding by the laws we already have on the books, Greg. I mean, look, every single mass shooter, with the exception of, I think, one in the last 15 years, all were known to the FBI or law enforcement or mental health. This most recent guy was institutionalized involuntarily for two weeks by the Army. That should have prohibited him from having a firearm in the first place, but yet they didn't do that. They don't follow through. So all these new gun laws they want to pass, those aren't going to do anything for these tragedies either. In fact, they're only going to hurt law-abiding citizens like they did in San after Sandy Hook in Connecticut, where they passed a law that not one provision in would have actually stopped the shooting. Why do you think it is that uh, Democrats seem so oblivious to the violence we see, particularly on weekends in inner cities? Um, and they are not the big weapons that they like to call assault weapons. Okay, we know that's uh, wrong terminology. Handguns, sometimes ghost guns, all kinds of weapons. Why don't they make a big deal out of that? But they're all over situations like that. I understand the death toll, but mm. the death toll rivals you know, what we saw in Maine on any given weekend in some of these cities. Well, right, Chicago just last weekend had 20 people shot by mostly handguns. Not one AR was used last weekend to shoot anybody, yet 20 people were shot. Unfortunately, we had 13 people, or sorry, 18 dead in, uh, in Maine, but Maine is the safest state in the United States, close, close to New Hampshire and Vermont, right next all of them have constitutional carry. The, p the point is that the, the you know, Corrine Jean-Pierre comes over and says, the, the world is safer, the United States is safer because Joe Biden's work on guns. Well, Joe Biden sold 60 million guns during his presidency. So far, it's only been three years. So more guns actually made it more safe by the White House's own statistics, but they don't want to admit that fact. Yeah, I mean, if more people were in that bowling alley with guns, I mean, what is the average police response time, right? It's going to take, a, we love cops, but mm -hmm. it's going to take us time to get there. Citizens armed would have put this guy down a lot sooner. Um, that's not as crazy as some people would like to you know, say on the left, right? That's, if more people had guns, we'd have less violence. 
Can you make that case? Yeah, 100%. I mean, look, you look at the places with the highest gun ownership per capita, legal gun ownership, it is some of the lowest crime. The places that ban all these guns, they know that their targets are defenseless. This is the problem, is when seconds count, cops are minutes away. These people don't want us to be defend, to be able to defend ourselves. Ironically, the same people who are protected by the same guns that they want to take from us. I would challenge people like Joe Biden. You want to get rid of guns? Start with yours, homie. <laughs> hey, Carl, tell us about life in the SEALs. Uh, a lot of people are impressed by that. I'm somewhat impressed. As you know, I serve myself, and thank you for acknowledging it. No, but seriously, like, uh, man, did you just choose that at the recruiting office or did you uh did they recruit you how does it work how do you join the seals uh my parents bought me a book when i was like five years old about navy seals and i was like hey this seems pretty cool i was in college after 9 11 and like when it hit when we started putting troops on the ground i dropped out of college joined the military and shipped right off to be a seal it seemed like the right place for me it's uh it was definitely a good time but, I mean, oh, definitely a good time. Come on. Even that underwater stuff and the cold water and the log and all that stuff you guys have to do, yeah. it's pretty intense. But, I mean, how do you say, I mean, okay, I want to be a SEAL. I mean, like, well, they got to they gotta figure out if you can even remotely be eligible, right? You have sure. to go through something first. Yeah, but, well, you go, go to boot camp. Um, we have about 1,000 people to sign up for, you know, to take the spec war test, which is a run, swim, push-up, pull-up, sit-up. Then you have about 250 show up at actual BUDS who actually qualify. And then I think we graduated 16 original people in my BUDS class. Uh, six, what do you mean 16? 16 out of how many? Uh, well, we started off at 1,000 at boot camp, so... <laughs> and that's the thing. And then you guys, you guys are so elite. You guys are so Nobody can tell you what to do for the rest of your lives. Well, we, all, we both have bosses, Greg. You what? <laughs> we both have bosses. <laughs> Carl Higby, good luck with the show. Continued success. It's awesome. 5 p.m. Uh, weeknights right here, uh, East Coast time. Carl Higby, Frontline, great job. Really good job. And uh, thank you, sir. And we'll be right back. Thank you. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. Good evening, I'm Bob Brooks. We have breaking news coverage in the manhunt for the suspect in the main mass shooting, which killed 18. His name is Robert Card. Let's go live now to our national correspondent, Leonardo Feldman, who is there in Maine now with the latest details and updates. Leo, what do you got for us? Well, Bob, what I can tell you is that police have cleared the scene at a residence in Bowden for a second time today. They did so earlier, then they went back, and now they've cleared the scene. It's unclear if they found anything, but what I can tell you is that the shelter in place remains and that residents here in Maine should call police immediately if they see the suspect. Back to you. Okay, Leo Feldman. So again, police in Maine in Bowdoin were searching a home that's about 25 minutes away from Lewiston where these uh, heinous shootings happened. 18 killed, 13 others injured. Now bringing us up to speed here again, Robert Card, 40 years old. He's the main suspect, Army Reservist. He has a mental health uh, issue. Um, he was committed to a mental health facility for two weeks this summer after his commanders, again, an Army Reservist, he, they became concerned that he was acting erratically during that training. So now now we're going to bring in former New York City Police Commissioner Bernie Carrick. Bernie, unfortunately, they searched the home in Bowdoin. 
no dice here. What happens next? Tell us. Well, basically, they're going to have to go back to their leads. Um, you know, I don't know if they were pinging this guy's phone. I don't know where they got the lead to hit that house. Um, but they're going to I'm sure there's calls, constant calls of information into the state police, into the local authorities. Um, that's what they're going to have to be doing. In the meantime, they're probably going through his electronics to determine what he was planning, where he was planning it. Um, things like that. Bernie, we got about 30 seconds here. This guy, Robert Card, he was in the Army, Army Reservist. I'm sure that adds a level of um, fear, maybe for law enforcement, that this guy knows what he's doing. Clearly, his crime's heinous here. Can you talk about that aspect? Well, it's, it's you know, this is extremely, extremely dangerous for anybody. Uh, anybody that approaches this guy, um, they're going to have to have special operations units out there, SWAT teams that can deal with this kind of weaponry. Um, you know, he obviously knows what he's doing with the weapon. You can see when he entered that that one location, um, you know, he knows what he's doing. He was a firearms instructor in the reserves, uh, so he knows what he's doing, and they have to tend with that. So uh, they've got to be extremely careful, um, and hopefully they get him off, uh, get him off the street sooner than later. We certainly hope so. Bernie Carrick, former New York City Police Commissioner, thank you so much for coming on. Another thing I want to make mention, again, this guy, big-time mental health issues, was reported that he was hearing voices and threatened to shoot up a National Guard base. So that's the kind of man they are dealing with in Maine right now, responsible for killing 18, wounding 13 others. Stay with us here on Newsmax. If these allegations, any of these allegations are proven true, then someone with the last name Biden needs to be charged, prosecuted, and maybe spend a little time in prison to take to account and responsible for the actions they've taken today. Wow. She's one of the reasons the Oversight Committee is so awesome these days. Representative Nancy Mace, Republican of South Carolina, and that check just came out. $200,000 from James to Joe Biden. Uh, and there's a lot more where this came from. Uh, Congresswoman Nancy Mace, welcome. How are you? Thanks for being here. I am doing great tonight. We have a new Speaker of the House, and there's so much to look forward to with Mike Johnson uh, leading our country today. Yeah, I mean, we have a new Speaker of the House, in large part thanks to you and the others. Uh, quite frankly, I made it quite public. I applauded what you guys did. I thought it was great. Uh, and there had to be a change. But let's face it, there's been some blowback. Mm -hmm. You talked about it, you know, that T-shirt and everything like that. Yeah. Is it back to normal uh, for you? Is it back to normal? Are people holding grudges? I don't think it'll ever quite get back to normal. I've had a series of threats, like many of the others, over four threats over the last 10 days alone. And this was about the establishment versus the people, and the people won this week. And we all have a speaker that we can be proud of, but it does come with consequences. And if there, there are folks out there that want to support me, the establishment is coming after me. They have threatened to raise millions and millions of dollars to take me out in the primary next year. I'm going to need all the help I can get at nancymace.org. All right, nancymace.org. But I mean, like, how, mm -hmm. okay, the establishment, the establishment. Yes. Like, the establishment PC, would include... lobbyists, the insiders, the former speaker, all those people that don't like what we just did want to take me out next year. And House leaders, that includes House leadership? I would say former House leadership. Okay, but we have, don't you guys have that, like, Congressional Campaign Committee? And uh, Kevin, I guess, would have a lot of influence with that. Are they going to fund your opponent if you have an I opponent? hope not. 
I hope not. They're not allowed to fund primaries against incumbents. And so, you know, but we'll see if there are other private slush funds out there that want to take the eight of us out. That's the rumor on the street up here. I hope I'm hoping when the dust settles that people will see this for what it is and that the people really won this week. And it's an exciting time to change the trajectory of the conference and the House of Representatives. All right. So, listen, I know you have your issues with President Trump. He has his issues with you. I'll talk about him in a moment. Let's talk first about Joe Biden, if you don't mind. I mentioned that check. We found out that the House, he paid $2.75 million in cash for that house. Uh, mm -hmm. This stuff, this stuff to me is really mind blowing. And it's even worse that the mainstream media are ignoring it. Um, do you have any indication? Uh, do you care to address that? How can they ignore it? And anything coming down the pike that you're excited about? Well, they're completely ignoring the story, but this is just the first check. There are going to be multiple checks that come out during this process where we're going to expose the Joe Biden crime syndicate. Some might even call it mafia-esque what they've done here. We're talking about millions and millions of dollars um, selling out our nation to our adversaries. I mean, I've seen in SARS reports banks, bank accounts of grandchildren um, with a lot of money, significant sums of money from communist China. And how does this happen? This happens when you sell your country out. So you, you're kind of um, known as a moderate. I don't know, Democrats, the media, the mainstream, they like you more than your typical Republican member of Congress. Have you tried to make the case to any of them? You know, you're, I, I see you potentially as a bridge. You've got Joe Biden's number, right? The mainstream media, they have your number. You know, they, they, they like you. You don't like Trump. I, have, do you see yourself as possibly an ambassador? Like, hey, look, mainstream world, this is clear-cut corruption. <laughs> Why are you ignoring it? Well, I bring it up whenever I can. I would like to think I'm more of a maverick than a moderate. I do tend to be centrist and a little bit libertarian. I just want to tell the truth and represent my district and my state. I do believe Trump's going to be the nominee, and I do believe he can beat Joe Biden next year. And when he is the nominee, we all need to get behind him and support him. Um, we've got to win and take our country back. But um, at the end of the day, I do think, I agree with you, I can be a bridge between conservatives, between moderates, between independents. I have a district where 40% of my constituents um, are independent. They don't identify as Republican or Democrat. So I have a, a very different flavor as a conservative in how I talk about issues and what issues I champion. Yeah, Maverick. And um, <laughs> are your voters ever like, yeah, you are kind of, it's interesting, right? You know, you're one of the eight but, you mm -hmm. know, you're not a Trump fan, but you're incredible on Joe Biden and uncovering. Yeah, that's you're a tough one to peg. And I guess you like it that way. I, I, I love it that way, honestly. I mean, I, I, I don't mind being a little unpredictable because what I want, I want the truth. And I'm going to go after the truth. And I'm going to be as honest as, I, as they come because the American people deserve that much. And so for me, it doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. If you've done something wrong, we ought to expose you. Joe Biden has no business being president. And we need the American people to see it for what it is and see all of the evidence as it comes out. I wish it would come out faster. Um, than it is right now. But we're going to show the American people what this family did, and they are full of criminals. And in fact, there's a report out now from Senator Chuck Grassley where the FBI had 40 human intel sources about the crimes that the Biden family, including Joe Biden, were committing going back to his, vice, his days as vice president. How is this guy even president today with all this going on? 
and all this going on, and again, it's being ignored. I, I, I fear that as even more compelling evidence comes out, they're going to ignore that too. I mean, there really is a parallel universe thing going on. I mean, if they'll mm -hmm. ignore this, they'll, you know, and the balloon can fly over uh, America. No. Well, it's just asked. like well, it's just like they're calling Mike Johnson an election denier. Well, guess what? The majority leader for the Democrats is an election denier. I mean, you, you know, you just cannot make this stuff up, the hypocrisy of the left and the hypocrisy of the media. So at some point, uh, Donald Trump is going to lock up the nomination, in my opinion. You just said the same. Um, mm -hmm. Is there any patching up of, uh, you know, the differences you guys have had? I would love it if you could come together, you know, um, and, and just be a, a solid team. Uh, would you like that to happen or would that hurt your well, brand or, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, my brand is what I wanted. Look, I was an OG. I was with the Trump campaign in 2015, long before it was ever popular to be there. I was on the ground and I still like his policies today, like I did back in 2015 and 2016. And I've always said I'm willing to work with anyone who's willing to work with me. And I've always said I am 100 percent going to support the nominee. We have got to take our country Back. And I'm the mom of two teenage kids. I see what the future looks like for them. And we've got to change the path that we're on right now, not just for my kids, but your kids, everyone's children and grandchildren in our future. Yeah, totally. I have two and uh, they're little toddlers, one in three. And, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's pretty wild. It and I understand. Like don't you have a wedding coming up? Well, I am engaged, but we didn't we are working on dates now. So. OK, good luck with that. Yeah. And um, thank you. Thank you. Nice meeting you and uh, all the best. Congresswoman Nancy Mace. And what's that website again? It is nancymace.org. Please help us out with the establishment that you see insiders coming after us next year. All right. Good luck. Thank you. And we'll be right thank back. Thank you. It doesn't really matter what your orientation is. If you're a person who abides by the rule of law and societal norms, you know, before 10 minutes ago, this is an offensive picture. What the hell are drag queens doing with kids in school? It is an abomination. Everybody knows it. Uh, but somehow this has become a civil rights issue in portions of the so-called LGBTQ community. You know, there's something pretty amazing out there. It's called gays against groomers. Sometimes you never realize where you're going to find your allies. And I just love this group, what they stand for. Basically, stop sexualizing children. And it was founded by various gay people. Big social media presence that took a big hit yesterday. Uh, they were removed from Instagram. They were posting content right out of the uh, radical LGBTQ playbook, revealing it for what it is and embarrassing them. And uh, they've been penalized. Jamie Michelle, welcome back. She is the founder of Gays Against Groomers. And uh, what did you do this time, Jamie? <laughs> You know, this was our 13th platform that banned us in a little over a year. Uh, Gays Against Groomers, if you remember, was founded and launched just June of 2022. So we took another hit, uh, you know, and, and we didn't have any posts removed, not recently at all. So it was clear that this was a targeted attack um, based on malicious lies that have been spread about us by pretty hefty, big organizations and companies, um, you know, on the other side of the, the uh, spectrum here that do support child sterilization and mutilation. Um, but we raised hell. We took to Twitter, well, X, where 
where we uh, feel pretty safe now. Before Elon, we were banned there too twice, um, but we got it back. Uh, we took there, we raised hell, and, and a lot of people shared our post and our frustration, and they caved and gave it back, uh, you know, about six hours later. You know, in the good old days, um, corporations who are interested in selling product to as many people as possible would not have an opinion about transgender surgery, let alone be pro-transgender surgery for children. And radicals, outsiders, are getting kicked off of platforms. You know, they were taking radical, crazy views. You're, everything's backwards, right? Everything is flipped. You're the, you're the sane person. Yeah, exactly. Uh, nothing about our organization is controversial. Um, not, you know, first of all, our organization shouldn't even have to exist. It's absolutely insane that this is even up for debate, um, you know, that, that we're actually having this discussion and that these things are actually happening. Um, it's atrocious. And, you know, we're just on the side of sanity and common sense and moral good. Uh, and we're punished for it consistently over and over and over again. And I think that really goes to show just how scared these people are of our voices. I don't think they ever expected us um, to have to fight people from inside the community, you know, that that have a problem with it, too. And we do. And we're not going to stop. They can't silence us. They've tried over and over and over again. Uh, but we just keep growing stronger. You mentioned big companies, big uh, forces. Can you be specific? Who's out to deplatform you guys in addition to uh, Facebook, which owns Instagram? Right. Well, the, the biggest one so far was PayPal and Venmo. That happened December of 2022. Uh, woke up one day and our PayPal and Venmo accounts were completely deactivated. Uh, we were told that we violated their community guidelines. So not only are they trying to silence us, but they're trying to prevent us from fu functioning as a nonprofit. Uh, you know, we we rely on our donations. Um, we're completely funded by our supporters. We have no big donors. So it was, you know, they're trying to stop us in our tracks and and make us disappear, essentially. But every time they do, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword for them because our support just continues to grow. And people are outraged that a group of gay and trans people, like Gays Against Groomers, can be treated this way by uh, social media, by these conglomerates and corporations just for trying to protect children. That's all we're trying to do, you know? So. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, we we welcome the fight. We're not new to it now. We're used to it. But, um, you know, it's, it's just it's sad and it, it really shows the state of things. And it's unfortunate. Two more quick things. LGBTQ community. And I don't like calling it a community, but how many folks do you think are on your side as a percentage? You know, I, I my my gut tells me you are representing most LGBTQ people. But do you have any data that would say for sure. I don't have data, but from what we see, I mean, we get hundreds of messages a week, um, every single week since we started Gays Against Groomers, telling us how much they, uh, from people inside the community, gay and trans people, saying how much they support us, how how happy they are to see something like uh, this exists, because they have felt completely detached and isolated and abandoned by the community because they've gone so crazy. You know, they never signed up. When we were fighting for our rights, uh, we never signed up for anything to be pushed on anyone, let alone children. Um, so I, I truly believe it's the majority of the community. Um, it's just that these radicals are the only ones that you see. They're so yeah. loud. Uh, and that's, yeah. Forgive me. Uh, you know, just a couple of years ago, uh, Barack Obama was against gay marriage. 
and right. then he was for it. Um, you know, there are plenty of conservatives out there, including the new speaker, reservations about it. And they were saying at the time, you know, this is going to lead to who knows what. Looking back, and I think good people can disagree, have disagreements on this one, but looking back, do you think um, marriage equality or whatever, same-sex marriage, kind of set us up for this moment? Uh, you know, I think that there was a long a long game plan uh, that that was orchestrated by people, whoever control these agendas and push things, I think that they continued to push the line. Um, I don't think that well-meaning gay adults ever wanted this. That's why I say the majority of our community, but, but we don't control this community. We don't control the agenda. There's a set agenda and a set narrative. And, you know, if you, if you fall out of line with that, you see how you're treated. But, um, you know, I, I will never forget, forgive these radical activists for essentially proving the people that warned of the quote unquote slippery slope to be correct, because here we are now, you know, uh, I, I don't put any blame on the average gay person, but the people who are controlling this agenda, who I don't even believe are gay or trans themselves, they use us as a shield to push and normalize uh, pedophilia and all these horrific things. It is amazing. Your work is so important. Gaysagainstgroomers.com. You haven't been kicked off the internet. Gaysagainstgroomers.com uh, right. gays for more information. Jamie and Michelle, thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, thank you very much for watching. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow night, which is Friday. All the best to you and your family. Thank you for watching. We're doing something special around here, right? Right? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.